Blog Talk Radio. Here we go. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Three, two, one, we're live. Armchair Warriors and YouTube Experts. Actually, Armchair Experts and YouTube Warriors. Um, you know the type. So give us a call, 347-677-0669. Um, lines don't open in 630, so don't call me for So let me see if I can get our... Oh, there. There he is. There's Bob. Hey. I know I was I was on the <laughs> well I was on the phone with Soki Greg we had something to discuss real quick okay. uh, so that's done so I'm here I'm back yay awesome so so I was just telling a little bit about what we're going to be talking about later we're going to be talking about YouTube warriors and armchair experts in the martial arts community. You know the type. If you've got any stories about armchair experts that you've met, give us a call, 347-677-0699. So how's things going there in sunny Burbank, California? Well, it hasn't quite been that that sunny uh, this weekend. Uh, it's been raining a little bit, not much. Typical L.A. It rains ten minutes and gone. Uh, met up with our <laughs> buddy uh, Peter Rife this weekend. Uh, hooked up with him on Friday, and then we had uh, him and his girlfriend Pam and me and my wife Jenny. We all had lunch today at Wan Cock Restaurant in uh, Chinatown, which is pretty good. Oh my God, we were there like three hours. It was <laughs> amazing. Wow. Uh, Food was as good as always. I always recommend that place to anybody in the LA area. Right on. Very cool. Yay. Very cool. That sounds like very cool. I just got done with a uh, a private lesson, and uh, I haven't had any. Uh, I haven't had a chance to get our notes together, so we're just gonna have to. We're just gonna have to wing it. <laughs> I figured that I had, I had already opened up my sent emails, so we had them. Okay, so I'm cool. ready. Right on. So I just want to uh, I just remind our listeners our 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 phones don't open until six thirty. They never open until about six thirty. We have a first segment we have to do. So if you guys are calling, I I can't answer the phone right now. Nor will I answer it until after the phone line opens. We're done with this first segment. So, Rusty, last week, did we determine that I'm hearing you breaking up because I'm on the board as well, or how did that work out? No, just all, um, um, and it's also dependent on 
um, let me double check here. It also it's also dependent on um, how many frames my coding software decides to drop. So within the last five minutes, I've dropped 367 frames, which means I might be skipping a little bit right now. However, it's weird. It's like sometimes like after the show when I check the live feed, um, the audio might sound like it's skipping to you, but on uh-huh. Facebook Live, it's actually okay because, you know, usually when I'm like, what do you mean I'm skipping, blah, 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 on the video, it actually is going through, but so that that kind of means that it's lost radio, but oh well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh well. All right. Very cool. Um, so, yeah, the weather over here has been kind of bipolar. We've had thunderstorms, thunderstorms followed by sun, followed by thunderstorms, followed by sun. We've had the coolest clouds, though. In fact, someone from the Midwest actually posted uh, a picture on Facebook um, of one of the clouds, and I posted another uh, another photo about one of the cool clouds that I saw during one thunderstorm, and and she goes, that looks like a tornado cloud. And I went, what? <laughs> oh, nice. I'm like, what? What? And I could have sworn in one cloud, there was like a little, little teeny funnel coming out of it. And I'm like, that thing better not be rotating. <laughs> right? I was like, no, thank you. No, 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 no. We're not supposed to get tornadoes, although there have been a few tornadoes that have touched down. Here in the Pacific Northwest, and that's, that's kind of scary. So, anywho, let's get on with the show. Let's go ahead and start with birthdays. We have birthdays on your end there, Bob. Uh, birthdays today is da- Datu Tim Hartman. On Feb- on uh, May 9th, we have my niece, uh, Tiffany Deal, uh, which her, uh, you know, I talked to her mother and they must be very proud because this girl is tatted. Wow. I mean, she posted something online where her enti- it was like her entire leg is tatted. And I looked wow. at her her mother I looked at her mother and said, "You and you and Bill must be so proud." <laughs> she, <laughs> she snickered at me, and I think it was one of those screw you snickers. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, also, we have uh, we have Kang Sh- uh, Kang Shwando Khan practitioner Frank Ramos. His birthday is on the ninth as well. On February, not February. Jesus. On May tenth, <laughs> we have one of. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. We have one of uh, Ronda Rousey's trainer. Uh, mm-hmm. Number one judo guy in the world at one time, Gokor Chavitian, uh, oh, Sensei nice. Roger Boggs, and Lorena Ziff, mother and, and a, she's an actress and she's also the mother of Matthew Ziff. Uh, nice, yeah. Five twelve, we have uh, karate champion uh, Jerry Trimble, which is married to one of the monkey's daughters. He's married to Amy Dolan's, Mickey Dolan's daughter, and he's up in uh, Canada right now. And on the 13th, we have April Abad, part of the Abad family. Let's let's see if I can name the sisters. 
We've got okay. April, we go. Amy, Alice, Angie, and Dolly, and I did it. The first, <laughs> did it. The first, <laughs> the first time I ever talked to Angie, she named her sisters because they're all A's and a D. I said, wow, that sounds yeah. like my son's report card, except opposite. <laughs> That's awesome. And he got an A in? T-A. P-E. <laughs> P-E. T-A. <laughs> Easy yeah, name. Yeah, T- <laughs> the, the only A's you get in, in high school, P-A, uh, P-E and T-A. That's it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except All my right, daughter, well, I, I find out she's getting a slap in the face of reality. She's used you to, you know, she was a top, top girl in her high school, top uh-huh. GPA in her high school for girls, number two for valedictorian. She was number six overall of all the guys and girls in a school of like 2,700 people. And now she's right? getting C's. She's getting C's at UCLA wow. and it must be killing her. Yeah, you think? Now, what, now, and, what are these? And she's going to summer school. What are what are these subjects that she's getting C's in? C's. Oh. Uh, I think she she got it in English. She she dropped one of her classes to keep her GPA up, and she because she started it late and she couldn't catch up. So now she's uh-huh. going to do uh, some summer school to try to bring it back up. Who does that? Even at college level, right? Who just all all of a sudden gives up their summer, gives up all their friends is wanting to take the bus to, call, to school now. Uh, it's going right. to take three classes during the summer. Like, wow. She'll get about a, a month because it'll be so condensed. She's just right. insane. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> My goodness. Okay. So I've got a few. Uh, I'm going to do a shout-out. Um, to my cousin who had his birthday yesterday, June 11th, 41. Um, sorry, my computer's making weird, weird noises here. Um, and then also yesterday was Sensei Michael Bowser, a longtime practitioner here in the Pacific Northwest. Okay, upcoming birthday tomorrow, May 8th, we've got Karen Schlachter, her birthday. Tomorrow, Dan Trout, Melody Leung, Terry Maleo, Carlton Duke. Their birthdays are all tomorrow. Uh, Tuesday the ninth. You already said Damien, so I won't. Uh, I won't go over that again. A former student of mine, Isaac Emery, also tomorrow. On May tenth, we've got Isaac Rhodes, um, who, which is funny, he's a he's a well young young adult. But uh, according to his profile, says he's turning 68. <laughs> Roger wow. Rose is also got a, a birthday on the 10th. We've got Celeste Beasley and Jaylene also on the 10th. On the 11th, we've got Ben Faro and Mario Gloria. Today, the 12th, we got Andy Wilson, MKG Martial Arts. So since they've done um, a Botoku Kong. Uh, black belt friend of mine, and uh, Chief Charles Boyette. And on Saturday the 13th, we've got Loretta Wallering. Um, and I think, and I think that's it. <laughs> that's it for me. So for everyone having a birthday this week, 
things for you. I want to wanna wish you a happy birthday. I want to wanna help you celebrate. I want to wanna wish you lots of presents. I want to wanna help you eat your cake. Bossy, bossy in the island way You'll be jamming all night Till the light of day Your birthday, birthday is your day to shine Another year and you'll be looking fine So have a no worries, don't you hesitate It's time to bossy, bossy, time to celebrate birthday everyone make it a great birthday weekend right on yeah i tried to put up a a birthday uh picture and it just wasn't working for some reason i don't know why oh well <laughs> all right i don't have anything on healthy today so unfortunately i didn't get a chance to uh look up anything before i had run out run an errand and come back so with that said, I guess we're going to go straight into weird news. Weird go. news. What do we got for weird news? I don't know how this could happen. It sounds like it's from England. Somewhere, Sheerness Kent, while shopping <laughs> in her local Tesco in Sheerness Kent earlier this week, one customer made an unusual discovery. Among huh. the supermarkets, baked goods, Lisa Sheehan found a tea cake with a risque message iced into the top of it reading, I want your sex. Now, reading this, Rusty, their idea of risque is different than my idea of risque. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> so, so, I, close. so I want your sex is not risque? I, mean, I don't it's, think it's, so. It's I think it was more... No, you, what I sent you that picture of on the bus stop yesterday as a bus stop poster, that was more risque. That was more disgusting. Tell everyone what I, wasn't the poster it? said. Okay. It was a poster. <laughs> okay, it was a poster, and Amazon, I guess, is coming out with this new series. You saw the Amazon logo and stuff at the bottom right? Right, right. Right? And it was a picture of a guy with uh, sort of like red and blue lines top and bottom of through his face and the right. title of it I like dick <laughs> yeah <laughs> I like this so Bob sends this to me via text and all I could like write back was geez <laughs> Well, because at that point, you don't know if it's real or not, but this is on bus stops all over town. I've seen it like four times at different stops. So who is Dick? I don't know. Is it like see Dick run? Is it Dick and Jane? What is it? It just doesn't sound right. And the two passengers I've had in my car and I pointed out to, they're like, oh, my God, kids walk this street. And they're probably asking the same thing. Who's Dick? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> or or wait or wait a minute. I got I got one. A little kid 
looks at mommy and goes, mommy, do you like dick? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's get on with that weird news. So this teacher. And if she's been married as long as I have, the answer has to be no. (laughs) Never mind. Okay, so a TK okay. sound with with I want your sex, I send to it. Okay, okay. I okay. send to it, right? Okay. Shocked to All find right. this right. at the bakery in Texaco, Sheerness wrote Ms. Sheehan as as she uploaded a picture of the tea cake onto Twitter. Put me right off my tea cakes. What was her caption? Huh. Okay. So she saw this, she and she posed she's like me with that poster. Did it right away. Right. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. And that is my want, weird news. That, that's, that's that's pretty weird. I <laughs> you know, in case anyone sees any cakes that say I want Sex on it. You know, take a picture of it. Send it to Dynamic Coach. Yeah, send, send it to us. We'll, send it to we'll us. We'll make sure it gets on the show. <laughs> That's right. All right. Let's get on to entertainment. All right. What do we got for entertainment this, news? This is about Revenge of the Nerd star Robert Carradine. Now, was Robert Carradine, as I remember, he was actually David Carradine's brother? I think so. I, I think, think so. so. I think. Well, he was in the Revenge of the Nerd series. Okay. Uh, Revenge of the Nerd series star Robert Carradine admits being in a psychotic state when he slammed into a semi-truck head-on that nearly killed him and his wife, but he claims it's her fault because she cut off his meds. Okay, so let me get this straight. He might have been acting a little weird, been acting a little addictive. She said, Robert, you're done. And now he's blaming her for this car crash because she cut off his meds. That's what I'm getting. Now, now I know you didn't have have time to to do the notes, but did you see the picture of the car crash? No, no, I didn't. How they walked away is an absolute miracle. Okay, this let me car, take a look at this now. Is that because you know what? If I do this, if I can do this, I'm actually going to pull this picture up and put it up here live to see. Because now I'm curious. Um, <clears throat> let's see. <gasps> I just saw the photo. Oh my freaking god! Let me. See. <laughs> okay. Let me save this. Can, <laughs> can you imagine anybody walking away from that? No, not walking. Probably being carted no. away, probably. But let me <laughs> let me go ahead and see if I can pull this up real quick. Um, because wow, folks, this is crazy. Go ahead and put this on the um, on the screen okay. here because man, this is nuts. Okay. Okay, so Robert says he experienced acute, uh, an acute psychosis after his estranged wife, Edith, cut off his bipolar medication. 
Wow. Still, she implored him to to get behind the wheel of the car that, that day of the horrific March 2015 crash. In the wow. divorce documents obtained by T- TMZ, Robert says his downward spiral began after his brother David Death's Okay, this answers our question. He was David's brother. So after his brother D- David's death in 2009, he says he eventually died, was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. TMZ okay. broke the story. Edith filed divorce documents saying Robert confessed to intentionally driving into the semi-truck to kill them both. Wow. As for their brief, as their beef over money, Robert says she blew the $70,000 they made off an appearance on Celebrity Wife Swap. The documents included a proposed settlement, but Edith wouldn't sign. In part, because they disagreed over the sale of Robert's gun collection, she wanted to use the money from the sale of his guns to pay her attorneys, and she also feared he'd use them to hurt himself. Makes sense. Somebody buy right. with a bunch of guns. Right. But I, wow. I don't see how they survived that car crash. I don't either. Just look at this again. Look at Okay. I mean, can you imagine a semi truck and them going? Let's say the speed. Let's say they were going the speed limit. Well, if, uh, if, if they both go in the speed limit, then then that's double. double the unless so what I have a feeling happened was he punched. If he intended on killing them, he he was he punched it, and was going yeah. way over the speed limit. I mean, look at that. That's nuts. There's no way people can. So how do we walk away from that? I have no idea. That is the craziest, craziest photo I've ever seen. So now well, this close the windows. Is, You're breaking up really bad. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, my windows are, yeah, my windows are shut. But so this photo was taken to March 2015. So now his meds cut off or taken yeah. away? He's, bl- he's blaming it on his wife for cutting off his meds, and wow. now they're really they're really going forward with the divorce documentation. That's what their focus was on. Well, <clears throat> so it's been a two year a two year thing. That's right, crazy. right. Absolutely nuts. Well, let's do this real quick. What I want to do first is I want to share our show link on my personal page. Uh, so that way we can uh, get shared. Come on, get down there. Come on, come on. All of a sudden, Facebook doesn't want to work for me. Okay. All right. Well, we'll do this then. Go ahead and take a short break, and when we come back, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be talking about armchair. What did I say? It was called armchair experts, YouTube, YouTube warriors. <laughs> so don't go away, folks. We'll be right after this. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. 
For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Dear parents, much of what we learn in this world comes directly from you. Whatever your message is, it will become part of us forever. Please teach us to accept one another. Teach us to respect one another. Please, do not fill our minds with hatred. Do not expose us to bigotry. Do not teach us to judge each other by race, religion, orientation, or the color of our skin. Teach us the concept of tolerance. Teach us to understand one another. Teach us to accept people of different cultures and persons with different beliefs than yours. Please help us to create a world where every man, woman, and child is treated equally. Dear parents, please don't teach us words of hate. We learn from you every moment. If you use certain words which might be hurtful to others, we will repeat that word. Please don't show us acts of hate. If you act against people of different faiths, we will repeat your actions. Dear parents, we are your children, and we are relying on you to help us create a world where every person is tolerant of one another. Inside this little Burbank building, this is the first museum in the world dedicated to martial arts. It, it really reflects on the style and the, the philosophy of each and every different culture. White eyebrow kung fu, monkey kung fu, the animal styles, Shaolin. Talking about the ninja here. Japan had the samurai. Here we go into our Korean section. In fact, every corner of Asia and the Pacific has its own martial art. It'll be an absolute shame if one day you ask a kid and he doesn't know who Bruce Lee is. From the history of the Japanese samurai to the artistry of anime, Enjoy a look into Asian culture by visiting the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank. Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is T. Joe Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. Do you have an idea for a guest? Or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk radio show? If you do, you can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. All right, and we are back. If you're just now tuning in, this is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Rashida and Robert. Our phone number here is 347-677-0699. Right up there, 347-677-0699. So give us a call because we're going to be talking about YouTube warriors and armchair experts. Now, I'm pretty sure if you're in the martial arts community, you've met up with one of these YouTube warriors, and we want to hear your story. <laughs> Give us a call, 347-677-0699. <laughs> and don't forget to press yeah. one. If you do want to talk to us, make sure that one is pressed. Yeah, make sure that you press one because, you know, we get people that, we get a lot of people that call in, and a lot of times they're they're listening um, to the show if they don't have a, um, 
a podcast aggregator or a podcast app or whatever. So they're listening to the show. But if you want to actually talk to us, please make sure you press one so that way you get in a queue. All right. So <laughs> this is something, this subject of armchair warriors and um, YouTube experts and stuff like that has been something that me and Bob kind of touch on. You know, on some shows, but we've really never done a show specifically about them. And uh, <laughs> and um, I don't remember how we how we decided on this. How did we decide on this subject? I forgot. But it had to do with well, P- well, that. Pete had suggested, and we had a guest this weekend that got ill and had to back out. So we thought, why don't we just do the 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 uh, subject that Pete. Ray Rife had suggested on Friday when we were hanging out. Now, we have to be really careful because you know what happened when Pete suggested the last thing we did. <laughs> yeah, we ended up making a we ended up making a, a video. <laughs> a parody video, yes. So now what what exactly it I know it wasn't about armchair warriors, but what was what was it that it was he specifically YouTube. It was specifically oh. YouTube like fanboys. Saying, well, this guy can make this technique work, so you're full of crap on your yeah. on the technique you're using because he does it this way. Well, that's not yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's talk about this a little bit, folks. You know, I, I hang out on YouTube. I've got I've got a channel for my for my for my martial arts studio, and I've got a personal channel where I put on all my bullet stuff and blowgun stuff and <clears throat> other assorted stuff, and I it it actually surprises me how many people are quick to make judgments on something based on their knowledge, right? Okay, so you know, like 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 Bob had put out an example there. So let's just say I'll put out another example. Let's just say I put out a video about a uh, a bullwhip trick or something that, I, that I'm doing, or if I put out a, a tutorial, because I, I did put out tutorials on how to do basic bullwhip crack, um, and they're actually being followed by thousands of people, which I'm really, I'm really proud of, but, you know, let's just say someone gets on there and goes, well, that particular trick isn't new, because I, I've been doing this trick forever, right? Well, you know, you you get people like that, you know, the ones that'll say, for example, what you did is not new. I've been doing this for years. You're cracking that whip wrong. You need to, you need to use less, you need to use more force or blah, 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 blah. I've actually had that happen once. Someone goes, you need, you, you need to go faster and have more force in that so it cracks louder. And I respond, no. Because I'm a firm believer in that skill in whip cracking is based on how how slowly you can do it and still make a noise. I don't have to like wave my arm around like a crazy gorilla just to make some loud crack or whatever. And uh, he got well, a little pissed and told me I didn't know what I was talking about and blah blah blah. And I said, okay, video. <laughs> Show me your video, punk. And that's kind of where I was at. <clears throat> there was no. Well, video, and and the thing is. You've never complained that, that any of your techniques are brand new and you discovered this new way to crack a bullwhip. Bullwhipping is all about finesse. finesse. It's not about power. It's not about speed. 
you can crack a four foot, but yet, like I, I can crack a four foot. I cannot crack a full length six, six or eight foot bullwhip. I can't do it. I'm not good enough. But I can do a four it's foot. All about the finesse. Yeah, it's, it's all, all about that's the all it is. And and the thing is, you've never claimed to be brand new because it's like martial arts. There's only so many ways you can punch and kick. Something exactly has. Everything you do has been done before by somebody. Yeah, and I've martial never, arts yeah, is a I've, thousands of years old. <laughs> yeah, right. I've never, never claimed, ever, never claimed to have created something new or whatever. I mean, you know, out of thousands upon thousands of bullwhip crackers out there and bullwhip artists and and stuff like that, we we can't say we've we've created anything new. We can't say, oh, I right. created the rear, rear crack. You know, uh, but I have met people like that where they come into my my class, my once a month class, and they'll go, "Oh, well, I made this up." And in my head, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. <laughs> "Yeah, right." <laughs> but you know, on YouTube, people are quick to judge because because number one, being behind a keyboard uh, and being anonymous, so to speak, and number two, you know, if all they're exposed to is, in this case, YouTube or whatever. It's easy to form opinions, albeit uninformed opinions, but it's easy to form opinions. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of the trolls on YouTube just refuse to, refuse to acknowledge the fact that there are other opinions um, that, you know, can rival theirs, and they refuse to admit that they could be wrong whatever, you know, ego does funky things when you're on YouTube, I guess. Go figure. Right. Go figure. The thing is, people as simple as coming up with a a new combination. No, that's not new. You you can come up with a 12-step combination and insert an uppercut somewhere. Oh, I'm brilliant. This is brand new. Yeah. Because out of 12 techniques, you inserted something maybe that's not normally done. But somebody did it somewhere. It's not new, but you may be very good at it. And I'm not discounting that you're not. I'm saying the ego pl- comes in and goes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it, it's, <laughs> but I, did, I did that pretty good. The thing is, if we can all stay grounded, like some somebody who keeps a a sword by his bed that has studied very little sword work. And here's somebody stealing <laughs> something out of the bed of his truck and comes out running with a samurai sword. Are you insane? <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's, here's the thing. Let's, let, 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 we're talking about armchair, armchair warriors and, I just want to reiterate what I think an armchair expert is. An armchair expert is someone who knows a lot about a subject, however, has little or no experience or real understanding of it. For example, well, I can give you a lot of advice about driving, but you've never driven in your life. You're just an armchair expert. Academically sound in your knowledge but experientially not. That's oh, what I, I got consider one. an I armchair got, I got one for you. 
I got one What's for that? you. This was funny. I was talking to this woman several years ago. Brandon was very young at the time. And mm-hmm. she, she said to me, she said, well, she looked at me. She said, I will never smack or spank my children. I looked at her and said, really? Well, tell me, how many children do you have then? She looked at me and she said, none. <laughs> I'm like, really? Wait until that little bastard breaks a window. You know, <laughs> that's why I never say, oh, I would do this and I would do that, blah, 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 blah. Because the only experience I have is with teaching kids here at my studio. But the neat thing is I get to give them back to their parents. I don't have to live with the with the children. I don't have to deal with the morning breakfast time with the children. I don't have to deal with sending them to school. I deal with them for like anywhere between an hour to 90 minutes. And then I get to give them back. I know how I would discipline my kids in my school, but not as a parent, I wouldn't. So I can't claim to have any experience whatsoever being a mom. And it just behooves me why this woman would come up to you and say, well, I would never smack my children when she doesn't have any kids. What's up with that? And that's what a lot of these YouTube people do, right? You know, you Right, get, exactly. That was my point. Yes. Yeah, you get these, these, these opinions based on, oh, let's just say you want to be a ninja master and you watch all sorts of ninja tutorials or something like that. It's kind of like, I'm really surprised at how many people think that ninjas really are just assassins. Just. Just. They have no idea. Right. No idea. And you'll be surprised how many people, how many people think that in order to be a real ninja, you have to wear the black mask. You have to wear the black uniform, shinobi. The tabbies and all that, yeah. Yeah, and the tabi and the, you have to, and you have to have a sword with a square handguard. You have to. If you have a round handguard, damn it, you're not a ninja. And you'll be surprised how many people think that on YouTube and actually think that they study ninjutsu. What? <laughs> what? Oh my, it's kind of like and I, I think you've dealt with this, Bob, right? Where somebody will just make up crap in the martial arts and put their own crap together and call it Jeet Kune Do. Oh, absolutely. I had one girl as, a, as an Uber driver in my car. I said, oh, what do you do for li- early morning? What do you do for a living? She says, I'm a martial arts instructor. And I said, really? What style? Oh, mm-hmm. it's our own style. And I went, uh-oh. I looked at her. Yeah, I, you know me and my big ass mouth. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. <laughs> what I, did you say? I said, I looked at her and said, you know what? I've been in the martial arts for forty years, and I have a pretty big bullshit meter. Now, what style do you stu- <laughs> what style do you teach? Well, it started out as kempo. I said, there you go. There's your base. Okay, there's your base. That's all I needed and to hear. that. She didn't like me that much. <laughs> well, whatever. You know, whatever. You know, when they say it's our own style or whatever, and it started off as tempo, you know, one of two things happened. Either they get they got kicked out of an organization or they just made up stuff and called it tempo. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and take a call here. Um, let's go to 417. Area code 417. You're on Dynamic Dojo Talk TV. Who's this? 
Well, who do you think it is with an area code of 417? It's me, Tony. <laughs> hey, I thought you, I thought you were able to call in. And I don't remember no, all I the numbers. <laughs> well, like, girl, you're not calling. <laughs> I, yeah, I thought, I thought you had something. I thought, you know, how's your wife? I thought she was sick and you had to take care of her. And But thanks for calling. Yay. You're welcome. And she it. is, but she said go ahead and call in. She'll cope. So got to love her for that. Well, feel better soon, honey. Feel better soon. Absolutely. All right. Speaking of Kenpo, we have Kenpo Master Tony Collins with us right now. So we're talking about armchair experts and YouTube warriors. What's some stories you got there, Tony? Armchair experts. Oh, I'd have to say this guy that we called forever, Stinky Steve, is my favorite armchair. Yes. He is my oh. favorite armchair expert in the universe. Uh, I was running a dojo out of Moscow, Idaho. Moscow? In stinky, yeah, Moscow, Idaho. That's, I, know, that, yeah, I was running I know a dojo. Moscow is. <laughs> right on. It's wow. right next to Pullman, Washington, which is where I went yeah. to Washington State University. That's so cool. But, yeah, nice. I know, right? Yeah. So this guy come walking into the combat room there in Moscow, Idaho, at the University of Idaho, where I was doing my Kenpo instruction, and introduced himself as Steve. Uh, he wasn't wearing a gi or anything like that, but he asked me all about what I was doing and what my belt meant, because it had this big red thing on it that he could not identify with at all. <laughs> and so I... I kind of half-heartedly explained it to him, and then he was like, really? Well, I'm a kung fu master. Kid you not, that's what he said, master. And I was like, oh, yeah, really? What kind? And he said, sanginjutsu. And I'm like, never heard of it. What? And yep, never heard of it. And he said, and uh, I, I made it up. He said, it, it is a branch off from my instructor's style of, of kung fu. And while he got out on the floor because I asked him to give us a demonstration, I'm not kidding. He did the moves that I saw the night prior on Walker, Texas Ranger. (laughs) (laughs) So so he knew some kung fu with some Tang Tzu Do mixed in. (laughs) And he calls it Sengen Jitsu. Son Gen Jitsu. Yeah, Son Jitsu. So I sent a student of mine whom I had not even belted yet. He hadn't even got his white belt yet by the name of Josh Aulis. He's on my Facebook page. Look him up. He's funny as I'll get up and go. And Steve went to hit him. Josh ducked it, decked him in the face. He slid across the floor from that. And he looks up and he goes, oh, my God, what belt are you? He goes, belt? I haven't even gone to get a belt yet. He said, I just started. <laughs> <laughs> he never came back. <laughs> oh, my God, that's awesome. Isn't that, that funny? That yeah, that's Bonsu hilarious. Sad-ass jitsu. Sad-ass jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> Calling me by my first name, by the way, on Facebook today. <laughs> oh, that's not your middle name? Holy not shit. Not first name. <laughs> Why do you think I go by my middle name? 
I don't think asshole looked good on the resume. <laughs> <laughs> well, it started out. This, this post looks like it was done by his wife. Said your friend Tony Collins has slipped into a diabetic coma, and then it, then I went, holy shit, really? And then it started listing the Snickers and all that. I'm going, okay, this is fake. And that's when I said, Tony, you're an asshole. <laughs> and I said, yes, yes, I am. Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> now, one of our listeners, John Lupo, says, I found a guy up in New York who teaches Kempo I like, but until I find a reason to move up, I'm going to have to wait. <sighs> and then Jamie, nice. along our, 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 our uh, listener said, what the hell did I just walk into? I went to go get off and come back to Saturday Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> Because I've never laughed so hard before in all my life. I want, I want to know what it's supposed to mean. You know, it's exactly like people that make up their own shit and they call it Jeet Kundo and then get all pissed off when the real Jeet Kundo people call it, call their asses out. Very good, not a problem. 
Now, mm-hmm. this one guy who apparently was a well-known martial artist, a well-known black belt in the area, he gets up there and uh, says, my name is Sifu, blah, 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 and I'm going to do this, this, uh, this self-made form for you right now. He's okay, fine. So he stands up there, and it, then he does uh, sort of like a, uh, a He-Man pose where he goes, and he, and he flexes his muscles, and he, and he shakes a little bit. <laughs> And then he then he turns half to his left. Then he goes, and he and he does another He-Man pose. And then he turns back to the front. And he goes, and he does that two or three times. And he says, thank you very much. And he walks off. And I'm and I'm looking at the other judges. And and they're giving him like out of a scale, a scale of one to ten, they're giving him nines and tens. And I'm giving him a zero. And I heard the other judge like, "What the hell is that?" You know, <laughs> well, he's he's chief of so and so. I'm like, well, "What the hell is that?" You know. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that kata involved flexing. Yeah, you know. I, I had no idea what the hell it was, but all of these other instru- all these other judges were also black belts, but they had no right. problem giving him a nine to ten on this on this. Somewhat form of his, right? And I was like, what the hell was that? You know. Well, now if he said that he was a sifu, the only the you know, I, I've watched the kata sunchin time and time again, and a lot of the times when I've seen people perform the kata sunchin, sometimes they'll take off their gi top to show the concentration and and how the the muscles and the Condemn the the cores flexed and stuff like that, um, but there's actually martial arts movements. There isn't just shrugging and going. Rah, 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 rah. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> All he did like was flex his muscles and then turn. Flex his muscles again and turn. I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You know. <laughs> let's hear the let's hear the other story, and then we're gonna bring Wayne on. Wayne's back. So. Okay, I was I was in I was in a, a kung fu school down in Federal Way. Uh-huh. Okay, which is this is a school that that got me connected with uh, Master Hong and saw you for the first time. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So um, I'm in the school and and I had just started with the school. My wife been going for a while and she's doing very uh-huh. well with her tai chi and so forth and her fan and everything. And uh-huh. so I was just starting out with my Tai Chi or whatever, and this guy walks in. Now, this guy is a very, very white guy. A very, right. very white guy. Yes, no can whatsoever, okay? But he has been watching way too many uh, old Chinese uh, martial arts films because oh. he, sh- he shaved the front half of his head and the back, the back part of his hair was very long, and it was braided like he was a uh, Shaolin uh, disciple. Oh man! So he had the little, he had the little pigtail cue in he the had, back. He right? had the he he had the black knotted uh, kung fu shirt on. Okay. Okay. And he comes in. He, he goes, "I would like to learn kung fu." And then uh-huh. all the other students now, our our master. Spoke pretty much only Chinese, did not speak any English whatsoever. The majority of the students were Chinese Americans, so they could understand what the what the uh, the master was saying, 
and they were uh-huh. able to translate for him into English, so it's not a problem. So this kid walks in. I said, I'd love to learn some, some uh, martial arts and kung fu. So they have him on the floor, and he's doing some, doing some moves uh, with the master. And the students are looking, looking at him. He's got a tattoo on the back of his neck. And uh-huh. they're pointing at his neck, and they're laughing. And I uh-huh. go to him and go, uh, uh, what's wrong? I said, and he goes, his tattoo is funny. And, and then I go up to the guy, I go up to the student, and I said, excuse me, um, I like your tattoo. What does the tattoo mean? And he goes, it means that I'm bad. And I'm like, 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 you're a badass? Yeah, I'm bad. I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then I go to the other students, and he goes, well, he thinks it, it means that he's bad. And, and they go, well, yeah, it means that he's bad, but it means that he's like milk that has gone bad. <laughs> <laughs> It does not mean that he is a badass. <laughs> Mainly meaning he's wrong, basically. <laughs> so I, I asked them, can you write out in, in, uh, in, in Mandarin what it means to be a badass? That uh-huh. character. And they show me, and I look at his tattoo, and go, not even close. No. <laughs> And for some reason, he never came back. I don't know why. Uh, do you know <laughs> why you would you would flaunt, you know, a, a tattoo with with Chinese and Japanese characters in a Chinese or Japanese school? I don't know. I mean, you know, <laughs> white guy going to well, a white well, guy to get all, a tattoo. Well, first of all, he went to a tattoo place who did not know the Chinese language, first right. of all. Or right. they did know the Chinese language. They just wanted to screw this kid over. Right. Right. Yeah. What? What, Tony? No, be nice. I've got Japanese tattoos. Yeah, but pro- you probably know what now, they are mean. Are you sure they Actually, mean what you think they mean? Yes, the one on my right arm means heaven, but in Chinese it means sky. The one on yeah. my left arm means earth, but in Chinese it means ground. Yeah. I'm well aware of what they mean. Yeah. See, cause, cause, oh, very cool. So you're I'm saying sure. the Japanese characters translated to Chinese characters? They're the same. Yes, those are, those are kanji. <laughs> those are called yeah. kanji. They're, they're basically borrowed slash stolen because they didn't have the right word for those or the right meaning for those particular words in Japanese. So on my arm is 10 and on my other arm is yeah. chiki. So, yeah. uh, and, and what that stems from was actually my dad. My dad used to hold out his left arm as he said to me, all right, which one do you want? Burial, then his right arm or cremation. My dad by. See, the thing is about tattoos, which is why I I probably, unless, 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 unless I do the extensive research, why I probably won't just go into some tattoo parlor and and take for, and just take for granted what they have up on the wall, right? So, because, <clears throat> you know, Chinese, Japanese, the, the characters, um, 
there it's a conceptual language. So that you, there there is like for example, there is no characters that mean badass. If anything, they would probably you know come with characters that would mean something like oh I don't know like um, like Iron Man or tough tough man or right, whatever exactly you know, right that kind yeah. of thing as opposed to badass. It's a conceptual language. So you know I know at least with Tony that he would go into that research because I've seen too many, too many, um, what do they call those? Uh, um, English, English translations to, uh, to, to Chinese or Japanese characters. And it's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious because of the different meanings that even one character can have um, and stuff like that. Or if people get their uh, compounds, characters mixed up or whatever it's hilarious you know i'm pretty sure <clears throat> if if that guy that went to the tat that, that got the tattoo on his neck i'm pretty sure he went to a tattoo parlor and dude looked it up on the internet or something what does bad and ass mean right <laughs> i want those characters <laughs> probably come up with, with two characters one meaning ill-mannered one meaning donkey maybe yeah maybe <laughs> who knows who <laughs> yeah knows? ill-mannered donkey yeah who knows? But it's yeah, it's kind of kind of wild how that how that works. <laughs> well, I I got one for you, Rusty. Okay. You, you remember you remember Brendan Lyne? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Okay, so him and I were having dinner one night, and he said he walked into this school. It was really funny. They were all Caucasian students, and uh-huh. they before class they would bow and pray homage to not a picture, but to this kanji, right? Uh-huh. And the kanji, Brendan told me the kanji meant absolutely nothing. What it was, was a shopping list. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Eggs, bacon, all this stuff, and it meant nothing to, and had nothing <laughs> to do with the arts. <laughs> what? That's exactly what? why I did mine in Japanese. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Japanese only has three parts to it: hiragana, katakana, and kanji. Uh, Chinese has sometimes four or five characters that mean almost the exact same thing, but not quite, as uh, Rusty had said a second ago. And if you get that wrong, you're the laughing stock of everybody who you run into. Oh, absolutely. Now, I, oh, yeah. I could have sworn that one of those, you know, katakana or whichever one is actually the same as the, the characters in, in one other category uh, of Chinese. There's, there's, there's one category in Japanese and a category in Chinese where the characters are exactly the same. It's just that the words are different. So, for example, in Chinese, you might have the word for horse, ma, right? And then over here, you might have kiba, Japanese, right? <clears throat> Same character, though. Same yeah, that's kanji. Because it's the concept, right? Exactly, so, right. right. Yeah. Right. So, so Rusty, yeah. you, you remember how, how you were saying that you, you've seen San Chen with, with uh, guys taking their geese off so they show the flexing muscles? Right. Right? right? Okay. Well, there's a guy on the line right now that him and I have a lot in common with because you do not want to see either one of us do Zanshin with our gi tops off. (laughs) (laughs) 
all be saying, wow, that's bouncing real nice, but where are the muscles? <laughs> well, that's because Wayne knows the katas. So. I know, right? <laughs> Wayne, you're finally back. You kept cutting out there, brother. I know. I had to get my now. wife's phone. We, we I had to get my wife's now. phone. Mine just kept shutting off and, and turning back on, and it was going crazy. <laughs> right on. We're talking about YouTube warriors. And armchair experts, I know you've probably got some stories. What do you got for us? <laughs> <laughs> you, you were talking talking about the San Chincata. There was a guy that mm-hmm. came to a tournament not too long ago. And, uh, I mean, I know the kata. It's in my system. And uh-huh. this guy comes up and he says, can I please take my guitar off? And I immediately turned around. I'm like, what the hell? Because I hadn't heard that in a, in a tournament in years for somebody uh-huh. to do that. And right. this guy performs this kata, and he just slaughters it. I and mean, he just slaughters it bad. But mm. the same guy at the same tournament comes up to my instructor, who's an eighth on, and says, hey, I can promote you if you'd like to be promoted. My what? sister says, what the hell do you mean you can promote? What are you talking about? He says, oh, yeah. He says, I'm a grandmaster. This guy was lucky to be like 20, maybe 5, 26 years old. You know, and my, he comes my instructor up to your is, my and instructor. says, I can promote you. Holy I can crap. promote you. And so where did you take that body? Yeah, where, where, where <laughs> did you take the body? <laughs> we just laughed. We just, we just couldn't believe it. But this guy is one of those that does these the, the YouTube videos all the time to, to learn a new kata and to add to his system. And he just slaughters them because you can't get the whole essence of the kata just by looking at a yeah. video. Exactly. You know, you exactly. need to perform it. You need to be taught where the breathing needs to be, and so on and so forth. And this guy is just hilarious. We just, we, a matter of fact, I just seen him at a tournament this weekend, and I told my instructor, I said, "Hey, are you ready to get promoted again?" He's like, "What are you talking about?" I said, "I said your buddy's here." <laughs> and this guy's, he's a, I mean, he's just an idiot. He really is an idiot, and he, and he doesn't know. He doesn't understand why people just look at him that way. You know, but but you yeah, know, he's one of those armchair uh, armchair guys. What I don't understand, you guys, is that that there are people out there that actually think that these YouTube videos are a legitimate substitute for actual instruction. Now, let me back up a little bit because <clears throat> there's going to be people jumping up and down in the stands out here somewhere. Saying, hey, 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 I, I live in Podunk, USA, and I don't have access to a teacher. All I have are videos. What do you have to say about that? So let's take that through through the through the round table here. Let's start with Bob. What about those people that live in, like, bumfreak Egypt that can't get to a teacher? And you all know, they and have that, is, that's, is... But that's where they have no choice, and any training is better than no training. As long as they train train it right, uh, the only time right, right. they should also be attending as many seminars as they can if they come yeah. anywhere close. But you're right; there are people who live in the middle of God's country, and has <laughs> they would have to drive hours to be able to find a studio. It's not like living in Seattle or L.A. or or yeah. Don't you uh, say Missouri. I almost said I almost said no, no, I can't say I can't say it wrong and say Nevada. It's got to be Nevada, Missouri, <laughs> or, or Ohio, or Oklahoma. Some of these places, like Mason City, Iowa, may not have a martial arts instructor. 
you know, they 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 may have to get videos to learn from. They may have no choice. Right. Right. <clears throat> what about hey, you, Tony? What are your thoughts on that? On this? Yeah. Yeah. Please and thank you. Um, I'm going to say this because if if they're listening, and I'm really actually just trying to uh, feed, uh, feed a little time here because I'm trying to think of their name again. Um, but <laughs> I know in Kempo there are a lot of people out there that have put their kata on or or our forms as they're called on YouTube and stuff like that. And I I just thought of it after I said kata. And, and the guys at Casa de Kempo. They do that very correctly, what? and they wait, talk wait, wait, you wait, wait, through wait. every single step of it, and they will even say, this is where I changed this from this, and here's why. This is what Ed Parker's Kenpo did. Let me show you this way, and now this is what we do, and let me show you this way. Now, these guys come from a very reputable person, Master Larry Tatum, and, uh-huh. and they did it really, really well. And I will most definitely tell students of mine who are interested in the forms to look at that and, and make sure that that's what they're interested in and in, in stuff because these guys did uh, an absolutely fantastic job on it. Now, to say that you could do those forms from nothing with no instruction, no, nobody could. But after being instructed in them, they will definitely get more out of watching someone else do it than they would just by going to only their instructor and seeing the different different variations of the same thing. Do you understand what I mean? Right. 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 Exactly. Now, don't get me wrong. There's horrible ones out there, too. Right, right. Well, I'll be the first to say that if you go onto Facebook or something like that or YouTube, you can get the basics of any any form or any style, okay, yeah. and that's a good way to start. All right, but to sit there and 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 crush down, you know, fifteen videos or or twenty videos of a particular style does not make you a master either. Right. Oh no, it does not. Correct. Not in any way. No, I, I'm sure that if you do that, you'll have the ability to promote your seafood somewhere. But you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, see, I was gonna, I was gonna say that you know sometimes, you know, video can be helpful if you are in direct correspondence with that instructor. Exactly. You know, so but if it's, yeah. it's one thing to, it's one thing to like, because I've seen this happen before. I've seen this where <clears throat> people will maybe go to two or three seminars, something like that and watch a bunch of uh, videos, and then all of a sudden claim that teacher as their teacher and claim that lineage and claim instructorship under that person just because they learned all these videos, you know, on YouTube or whatever, you know, probably not actually corresponding with the teacher themselves. And so I see some of that sometimes, and I see people claiming lineage or, you know, like, we see this in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, right? There's a, there's a couple of videos on YouTube about people claiming to be black belts under so-and-so or so-and-so, and then they go into, into a BJJ school and claim that lineage, and it turns out that, you know, the person teaching is really under the lineage and blah, 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 and, you know, and the guy gets called out, and then they keep denying it, and it's like, it's crazy, it's crazy. It's just absolutely nuts. Or they actually put up their own instructional videos on YouTube under their fake lineage or whatever. 
<laughs> right. It's but not. sometimes that's not their fault. Sometimes they've done nothing but video training, and they bought the videos from that instructor, and that instructor belts them through video training, and all of a sudden they, they have their belts and this, that, and the other, and they think that they've done a great job. And unfortunately, they're being fooled, and their money is being wasted, but that's exactly what they do sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, if for, even for an instructor to actually uh, rank someone through video correspondence is, is uh, see, that's cool. I mean, you know, I'm okay with like, okay, if the instructor's okay with with somebody representing them through video correspondence, okay, that's their thing, you know. However, you know, I the the people that I tend to talk about are the people that have never even corresponded with the teacher yet watch these videos and claim lineage when and then the and then the teacher goes. I've never, who is that? Oh, they've been to a couple of my seminars. I have no idea who this is. <laughs> yeah, that's prevalent out there. Yeah, yeah, in BJJ too. The, the, uh, the videos where people get called out, is, or, yeah, it's, they're pretty interesting. <laughs> they're about, you know, I watch those kind of videos and Stolen Valor videos because I find them interesting when people get called out and they try to, like, backpedal their way out of out of getting caught and it's, it's actually really, it's actually really funny <laughs> oh what about you Wayne what are what are your thoughts on um you know videos for for learning I mean you know is there is there an advantage to it or you know what what are your thoughts on advantage and disadvantage I think there can be if there's correspondence you know, um, back and forth, you know, you, you, you watch the video, you tape the video of you doing it, you know, and send it in. I think there can be, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not real keen on it myself. Um, because you, you can't get everything just from a video. Right. Right. You know, like you can't get everything you can't. Yeah. And there's, uh, I, I know a guy that trains in, in Kukiwan Taekwondo, and he does the same thing. He, 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 he does this video correspondence back and forth, and it's just, it's hilarious to me because, you know, some of the videos that they're accepting for these people as black belts are, are, are hilarious. Um, <laughs> I don't believe like I, I said, can you, learn you, to do a 500 from a video. Yeah. I've yeah. seen some of the videos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, now would would you and uh, Wayne? What are your or not Wayne? Um, George, what are your thoughts on videos? Are they are there pros and cons to them? Are there? Do you think it's a you know is there a, a way to use them as a valid substitute for teachers? What are what? No, but like like you said, or right, if you're in. You know, in the boonies someplace, you have no uh, uh, actual legitimate school nearby. The videos are a good uh, source to get a, at least a rudimentary beginning in whatever style you want to get into. All right. Mm-hmm. But I have also heard where you'll have, you know, a grandmaster someplace who everybody knows, very well-respected grandmaster, that one of his lineage put out videos of uh, someone in their school you know, way down, down down the ladder from that grandmaster uh, mm-hmm. doing these forms or whatever 
and telling people that, if they, hey, if they uh, buy the videos from him, okay, we can go ahead and promote you and all kind of stuff. Uh-huh. All right, so this person is getting their belts all the way up to black belt or or beyond, saying that they are in the lineage of this grandmaster, and the grandmaster has wow. no idea who this guy is. Yeah, <clears throat> like who are but they? But all this based upon the videos. Yeah. Yeah, that's just money making. Yeah, at that point, yeah. Like you, know, you, you go ahead buy this buy this video. You go ahead and, and you'll get you know your yellow belt form just because you bought the video. Yeah. And a month later, hey, if you buy this video, you'll get your blue belt form, and so on and so on and so on, just because you bought the video. Yeah. Yeah. And you haven't really and, uh, tested anywhere. Yeah. That's wild. I remember there was a there used to be an ad in Black Belt uh, for a Kempo guy. Um, oh, what was his name? What was it? Roman. His last name was Roman, I believe it was. He used to do the same oh, thing. He's called Chief yeah. Roman. Chief Adrian yeah. Roman. Yeah. Chief, yeah, Chief Adrian. That's him, yeah. it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Chief Adrian Roman. Is he still around? Yeah. Kind of gave up and become like a fifteenth degree black belt or something like that, and uh, said that this had gone completely ridiculous and stupid. And I think he stopped now. Yeah, I haven't seen. I haven't seen any ads for quite a while. Neither have I. Neither have I. <laughs> yeah, because his videos first they were Kenpo, and then he went on to uh, claim a grand mastery in Native American fighting. On top yeah. of, I saw that. Oh, you can learn them both and become a grandmaster in both, and now you've got your double grandmasterate, and and you know <laughs> life is good. And Bob's your uncle. Grandmasterate. <laughs> <laughs> double doctorate. Come on. <laughs> I love it. Grandmasterate. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh man. Armchair Warriors, got to love it. <laughs> All right, so for anyone that wants to join well, the now conversation. Now I qualify as an armchair warrior. I don't have the use of my right arm or my left leg, so what you going to do? <laughs> there you go. You're, you're an armchair warrior. But the thing is that you were a warrior before the armchair came along. So there you go. Shh, quit that now. <clears throat> you're going to ruin my terrible reputation. <laughs> Are you kidding? Right. He was a warrior before cars came along. Oh shoot! <laughs> <laughs> Act like I'm older than you somehow. <laughs> oh shoot! All right, let's let's take some phone lines here. Let's take some phone lines. Let's go ahead and take um, Eeny Meeny Miny Mo. Let's do area code. 704, 704, you're on Dynamic Dojo Talk TV. Who's this? Hey, this is Pat McDaniel. How are you guys doing over there? Hi, Professor Patrick. How are you? <laughs> all right, all right. Awesome. We are talking yeah. about armchair warriors and, and uh, or YouTube warriors and armchair experts in the martial <laughs> arts community. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> Do you have well, any I just, uh, well, I, I just, I, you know what? I caught, I caught the tail end of it. I, 
my daughter and I were at the movie, so I just kind of kind of tuned in to see what was going on. <laughs> and uh, I think I think I'm gonna fall right in line here with this story that I actually I actually have a newspaper advertisement clip. I keep it on my computer so that I can look at it and laugh every now and then. But there is a clip that that comes out of East Texas where this guy is advertising that if you pay like $10,000, he can take you from beginner to grandmaster. And that's the course. You know, that's the course right there. Just bam. And that's the way it is in the paper. This much money for the black belt. And it gives you these options, you know, like, you know, like, $5,000 $5,000 for 50 degree black belt and 10000 a year grand master. A I'm thousand like, wow. and done. A thousand and, and done. I keep it. I keep that so I can look at it and say, okay, you know, and, and I'm not so upset at that guy. Who I'm upset with is the people who are paying for that. That's nice. what bothers me, you know. Oh, Goodness. You know, the, the thing is, is that a lot of people didn't know any better, and that's, and that's kind of sad. And, uh, and I'm listening to I'm listening to uh, I was listening to an interview with Alvin Costos and, and Vinny Akita. Did you guys see that interview? Ah. No. There's an interview online. You check it out. It's on. It's, it's going on Facebook. I'm sure you can YouTube it now. But there's an interview with, okay. with, with Vinny Akita and and Alvin Costos, and he was asking him the differences between the uh, the old school Bushida and what's going on with martial arts now. And one of the things. That, uh, that Master DeCosco said was that, well, it was more mystique back in the day, so we had more honor and respect, you know, for the system, but now they're on every corner, and it's just yeah. a money-making project, and the respect is, is being lost, and, uh, and some of the ego has kind of slipped in from the tough men contest, you know, and they mixed it with the martial right. arts, and it's just gone crazy, you know. So that's one of the things that he talked about. Is the lack of the of the old Bushido character, and you know that martial artists had back in the day. I started I started yeah. in the early seventies when it was still mystique. It really was still mystique in the early seventies, yeah, yeah. and 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 those you know those those stories were real careful, careful and and secured, and you know you chose your students carefully to make sure that you didn't have any hardy heads, and you know. But it's a big difference now, yeah. and, and if you're gonna if you're gonna pay the money. Uh, you know, come on. It's you know, it's like if you jump on the case, uh, uh, if you jump on the case of the, you know, like the, the religious people who are who are preaching and and people are sending the money and they're building mansions and buying jets. If people are gonna do it, why not take advantage of it? You know, just it just depends on who you are. You know, now, exactly. I mean, Who's, whose yeah. fault is it that that they're buying this this extravagant thank lifestyle? You. Is it thank theirs? You, thank you, thank you. It's not. People are buying into it, you know. See? Yeah. And and you know and you know you know when you have those students that that will come to you, and they have had previous training, and they'll let you know you well we've known about you, but our instructor told us not to come to your 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 demonstrations, not to come to your tournaments, not to visit your schools. Why don't they want you to see us? You know. Yeah. Because they're gonna, they're gonna see some things that you guys are not getting on the other side. And you're paying so much more money, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so when we hear stuff like that, we really know what's going on, you know? Right. 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 Let's, uh, do we have any more lines up? 
here, Bob? Do we oh, have other lines? Yeah. I'm trying to figure out who, who – okay, here we go. I'm, like, trying to figure out who we haven't picked up yet. Let's um, let's uh, pick up area code 270. 270, you're on Dynamic Dojo TV. Who's this? Hey, Janie. Hey, Janie. Hey, Janie. Hey, girl. Hey, how much, man? What's going on? Not much. Got any stories for, for us, YouTube warriors and armchair experts? Well, you know, I work in the school system just like you do, and uh, I've got kids on uh, my bus who watch YouTube, and they want to show me some stuff because, you know, they know that uh, I'm a BB in Taekwondo, and I do jujitsu and I've got some Aikido experience. And uh, they always want to uh, show me what they've learned on the tube. And uh, it never it never quite works out for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Oh yeah, well, I just learned some new. Oh well, they know that my my specialty is self defense. You know, I uh-huh. do gun uh, disarm and knife disarm, and they want to show me some contatory stuff, and I'm like, right. uh, I say, well, for one, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do anything with that because I'm not giving you my knife. You know, right. you're not going to come after me with a pencil. You know? <laughs> uh, well, I have an eraser. Okay, we'll use your eraser. Well, the one, you know, come on. Uh, they always end up eating grass, but the thing is, is like, guys, look. I said, you guys are learning tech. Exactly. Yeah. I said, you guys are learning stuff on YouTube. I said, okay, are you. If you're watching a keto style stuff, there's so much more to the movements and placing of the hands than what so you're actually more. seeing. There's right. so much more. Exactly. If you don't have a technique, you're going to hurt somebody. Okay? Uh, if, uh, exactly. And, and that's my problem with YouTube videos is that now, okay, with katas and stuff like you guys were saying, that's great because there was times where my instructor couldn't show me some stuff, so I went online to learn my kata. Right. You know, they have a little tools oh, right, for that. Right. But when you're coming to when you're talking about self defense stuff, I mean that's dangerous. I mean, I'm just looking Very. for kids to end up breaking their arms, you know, smashing heads, uh, yeah. you know, putting dislocating shoulders. Uh so unless they're watching something that is broken down and showing you step to step to step, exactly. it's yeah. not the best idea. I mean, because they don't understand that, like with jujitsu, when we're doing self defense with that, we're matching hurrahs. We're getting we're getting close inside each other so we can wheel it around and not standing on the outside and pushing you. You know, if you if if we're not setting you off to the side. You know, there's a lot right. of control with that. And these kids don't have any sense of control. So, no, no. Nor do they understand the concept of distance and how, and commitment that, that, you know, a lot of times I was always, I was always told when I was taking a kilo that, that IQ works when the attack is committed. Yes. You know, IQ is not going to work with you grabbing at somebody's wrist and trying to like them, put them down and stuff like that. You have to commit. And and they, you're not going to get that in a video. But when exactly. people right, right. quiet on their other friends or on their, you know, drunk buddies at the bar, 
they get that yeah. that wild sense of you know uh, confidence and a false sense of security, and then they go, "Oh, I know Aikido." Right. You, know, you just know how to grab a hand. <laughs> exactly, know how to grab a hand. We don't know what to do from it, you know after that. Uh, yeah. Well, right. It, well, in, with our junior black belts and stuff like that, even when I'm teaching them something, I says, you know, I says, if you guys are going on YouTube and stuff like that, I'm like, you know, you know the basis. You've got your belt. I says, but now there's a whole, there's a whole other end to it. So now, right. now it becomes more in depth. Uh, I did a private lesson for one of our junior black belts. She's trying to get her adult black belt, mm-hmm. and. With ours, you have to do knife and gun defense, and she really doesn't have a strong background for that. So mm-hmm. in one of them, uh, I was trying to get her to get the timing down right for a forward knife thrust to mm-hmm. grab a hand to put them in a stovepipe. Uh, mm-hmm. And and um, she couldn't get the timing down. So what I have to do is, is I have to break it down for them to uh, make it simpler. Mm-hmm. You know, to make it more appropriate for her, her learning ability, I guess you would have to say. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think the videos and stuff like that can be uh, hindering and dangerous, but also helpful at the same time. Right, yeah. right, right. right. Man, I can't understand the words she's saying. It's, it's breaking I up. know, she's right? Breaking, yeah. She sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 yeah, wah, wah. I know. I, well, every time she speaks to me, that's how I hear it. Oh, thank goodness. I well, thought it was just me. I was like, them meds are great. <laughs> Something that we in Kenfo called intent. Exactly. There is there right. is absolutely no way to show that in any video, no matter what. You can talk exactly. about it all day long, but right. when your absolutely. intention is to either defend yourself or to attack, you you can't fake it. There's no way to do that. And I think that right. that was right. kind of what she was was touching on was that yeah, you right. you can't do that at all. No. Exactly. True. True. Exactly. All right. Let's take. Uh, I'm lost on the board here. The, the, the board is going up. Okay. Area code. Let's take another one in here. <clears throat> Area code 908. 908. You're on Dynamic Dojo Talk TV. This. Hello. It's John. Hello, Senpai. Oh, hey, John. You're coming. Hey, John. 908. Hello, Bob. 
what's nine zero? Where's nine zero eight? Is it Google? New Jersey. <laughs> Yeah, New York, New Jersey. 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 Okay, well, I, uh, I'm sure I sure can't top some of some of the stories in here, that's for sure. But <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, um, I specifically was this, I was talking to you about this guy that he his name is Jacob, and I met him. I met both the people I'm going to talk about real quick in the sword group. And uh-huh. okay, no, um, Jacob. <laughs> yeah, actually, Tom Kinder, Tom Kinder is. Uh, Admin in the group. It's called All Swords. And I oh, met okay. these specific. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this Jacob guy, um, he added me a while ago, and I never really talked to him until really recently. And he started telling me how he practiced. And I asked, Do you have a teacher? And he's like, No, but my friend was really good, and he taught me. And I was like, Okay. So. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit more about that. And he went into how his friend um, built him a, a saya for his katana, his $150 katana he got at the mall uh, out of monster cans. <laughs> and I've never seen anything like that before because in all the groups I'm in for katanas and such, the fittings, it's all very elaborate, right? Right. So, um, it, that was weird to me. And it, it really struck me as odd that he, when I, I told him, well, you you. You might think about doing a sensei if you're that interested in learning more about Kenjutsu. And he was like, nah, I'm good. My, my friend was really good. I've learned all I needed to learn. So I was like, all right. Wow. So I haven't, I haven't actually talked to him since, since that. Because, um, yeah, I just, I just I don't understand that train, train of thought necessarily. Because even for me, uh, I've always sought having a teacher in whatever martial art I'm interested in the moment, you know, be it uh, karate or uh, kung fu or you know aido. So mm-hmm. my advice my advice wasn't getting through to him, so I just gave up. The other guy that I met, I think his name is Darren. He's this um, he's just a really big burly black dude, and mm-hmm. it's interesting because he um, he's really into like the Viking swords, and I was trying to oh. tell him about different types of steel like he came to me asking questions straight up because he could see i'm all sorts i'm one of the people or whatever that knows a little bit more and that's only because of tom and Mm -hmm. so at any rate it's like i was telling him to you know you want to get a really you do want to spend a couple thousand dollars on a real sword and he wasn't quite Mm -hmm. grasping what i meant by a real sword because to him going to like a cult of athena and buying a any of the swords on there actually um, is a real sword. And I'm, <laughs> I just, yeah, I just feel like, well, you know, cause there are some swords on there that are made um, that are really good. But at the same time, the sword he showed me was definitely like a factory reproduction. And I couldn't get it through to him about that. Right, you know, that right. you, you want to spend a decent amount of money on a sword right. versus, well, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the here's the thing though. Here's the thing is that you know, people 
you've got okay, so you've got enthusiasts when it comes to let's in this case swords. In this case, right? right? Mm. You've got enthusiasts, um, then you've got collectors, which collectors right. can be enthusiasts, right? But not all enthusiasts are collectors. Um, and then you have actual practitioners. <clears throat> okay. Now, if this person is an enthusiast and, you know, likes a sword or whatever, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a moderator for a farm called swordfarm.com, one of the, you know, one of the uh, sword farms out there. And, um, and I always tell people to be nice to other people who want to, you know, buy you know, a $400 sword for their first sword, okay, I have to remind people it's because they, they themselves started there with a $200 sword or a $400 sword. Now they're, they're here, you know, with their custom $1,000 swords or whatever and forgot right. where it started, right? And that's a place yeah. to any martial John. So, you know, for you to well, you need to get a thousand dollars sword. If the guy can't well, afford a thousand dollars, then he's not going right. to get one, no matter what. You know, so but you just have, my, to, my main you just have to foster him, that. Uh, my ahead, main right. point to him right. was uh, mostly coming from a metallurgist's point of view. Like the the more you spend to have a stronger steel forge, because he was talking like he wasn't just an enthusiast. But or a collector, but he wanted to like cut pumpkins and water balls and all this stuff. <laughs> and so, you know, that's why I was saying, man, if you're going to be cutting something, you really want to make sure right. you get yeah. a higher right. quality steel. That was my, yeah. my only well, point. I mean, he, right, in right. The case of, in the case of, of like, let's say cutting pumpkins or whatever, right? Cold steel <laughs> yeah. source will suffice. Paul Chen Hanway four swords will and those are not thousand dollar swords. At that point, right. what people are doing are getting getting collecting and and um, practicality mixed up at that point. Mm-hmm. Because right. you know, if I'm gonna buy a five thousand dollar Kinkin, right? Hmm. Why would I, why would I want to like cut pumpkins and cut boo or God forbid, you know, see how many bodies I can cut with it, right? Like some other people would, would want to try, right? You know? The only other thing my katana's ever cut is cake. Cake? <laughs> what? <laughs> For birthday parties. If you And then the, bro- the, then the blade goes. breaks, right? Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. We've actually not, that I take exception to this. What's that? I, I take exception cut. to this. I'm pretty sure my Thor hammer that I bought from Cult of Athena works, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> it probably does as long as it's not a rat's tail in it. <laughs> well, we've actually had something like that happen. I, I hosted me and, uh, me and Angus Trim, who is a local uh, sword sword fabricator here in the Pacific Northwest. We we hosted a small demonstration on the proper way to, to do some Michigan and cutting and a demonstration and we invited some of the um, other people in that particular school or class, I guess, to bring their own sword. And somebody asked me, will this be okay? And it was a low hanger. It's like it came out of 
like a United Cutler thing, and, and nothing against United Cutlery, but it looked like it came out of a mall, right? Yeah. It looked like it came out of a mall, and it had a rat tail tang, and I'm like, no, I'm sorry, this isn't going to work. It's not going to work. Oh, and if you botch it cut, it's going to break. Sure enough, uh-huh. dude decides I'm going to use it anyway, and I'm like, okay. So I moved everyone from one side of, of the uh, – of the field to the other. Sure enough, he takes one swing, botches it, turns his wrist the wrong way, and like the the sword breaks at the thing, and you see the blade flying towards the end of the field where people were sitting a few minutes prior. And I thought to myself, didn't I just tell him that this would not do? Didn't I? Didn't I? Didn't I? Didn't I? Now, hey, hey, on the same token, uh huh. Yeah, who is listening to the Facebook live feed? Yeah, who's 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 got their who's got their computer open right now? Well, um, I just joined the sounds call, like but party. I heard it before. Sounds like a party going on <laughs> in the background. <laughs> sounds like Somebody who's listening to Red Bones, come and get your love, chill. <laughs> down your radio stop the party party after you get off the phone oh my god turn off the lights the party's over yeah I know right? <laughs> everybody out alright so with that getting to what John was talking about you know that I've met Angus Trim on an average Angus Trim's sword start anywhere between three to $500 start. So you're not going to spend thousand dollars unless you get like a completely custom leather uh, handle wrap or whatever, completely custom leather right. scabbard. So you're not hmm. going to spend a thousand bucks or 3000 or whatever. However, I will guarantee you his door as well as, um, as my tinker, their swords will go through steel drums. They will pierce steel drums, and you can beat on Angus swords and tinker swords and stuff like that, and with no edge degradation whatsoever and no geom- uh, geometry degradation whatsoever. But they're not, they're not, uh, they're not uh, hand pounded. They're they're made by sock removal, right? And they're and they're pumped by grinding. So it's not like you know, addition like pound, 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 and like 50 billion stones to, to spin on, and they're not a $5,000 sword, but they're just as pra- uh, practical and functional as like, let's say, a $10,000 katana. So in this case, you know, in regards to people on the forum, John, it's just a matter of, you know, if they think that there's a, there's a difference between what they think they know through experience and what they think they know through through academics, right? I mean, right mm-hmm. now, you yourself, John, you're learning out of the academic side of, right. um, and that's great, right? Um, it's it's and and you'll be able to get a lot more experience in it, you know, the more you you're around Tom and actually watching him make his swords and stuff like that. Right. I hung around. Angus a lot, you know, and he and he 
told me about and showed me about he he treats. He showed me how he does his stuff and more. He showed me how to how he does his growing and stuff and and I asked a lot of questions and it made sense. And I only did it because I wanted I wanted to be informed as a moderator for swordform.com. However, I can't give advice because no one's going to listen to my ass anyway, right? <laughs> Everyone's going to have an opinion, and they're going to stick to it when they think they're correct. And if I correct them and say, well, you need to do this, you need to do that, then I'm in that same boat. I'm going to be thinking that I'm correct also. Mm-hmm. You know, hmm. you know. Of course, there are people that are more correct than others, but <laughs> I don't want. To, yeah, I, you know, I you're, you're you completely know, right, though, senpai. Uh, I, I just want to say real quick. myself with those people. Yeah, go ahead. Right. I just want to say real quick that uh, you're, you're completely right. I mean, with um, with these two people I mentioned, it, oh, the first one, Jacob, he's actually more of a concern because he's swinging his Malkaton around his backyard and cutting stuff. Whereas Darren, obviously the, the Viking sword from Cult of Athena that he showed me would suit him just fine because he's, he's not, he obviously he, he doesn't care about it enough to the point where he wants it to be a thousand dollar Angus trim with custom engravings or, right. or, you know, like I want to work with Tom and Wally. They want that. <laughs> it's definitely, it's like $2,500, you know, like, so yeah. it's, it's, it's it's the amount of work that goes into it. I'm realizing nowadays where I'm really unsure if 1095 steel or T10 steel or S7 steel is going to be much better than Tahagame from Japan because I've never actually seen or used or witnessed a Tahagame blade um, in combat, nor nor the S7 or um, 1095. So it's it's a question. These are questions that I think of, and I, I guess. You know, nobody else really seems too preoccupied with. Right. Well, you know, I mean, in 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 terms of like, you know, people saying, "Oh, is Tamahagane, you know, better than others or whatever?" You know, for a lot of people, Tamahagane is just to say that you have a sword made out of real Tamahagane is it, it's vernacular at that point. It's like saying I've got a a real Rolex. You know. <laughs> it, that point, yeah. you know, and the, and the parts are real, made for the rope. At, at that point, that's what it's saying at that point. And same with, you know, the myriad of steel alloys out there. It's a matter of preference. And But, but you know, in the forums, there's always, 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 John, going to be people saying, you need this, this, and this, because it's better, 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 better. I'm sorry. A blade, if it cuts through something someone, it works. <laughs> yeah. You know? right. And it it's got to be right, able to at least works. block without shattering. That's what most matters exactly. to me. Exactly. You know, and the same thing with knives, you know. I can I can get a, you know, cheap knife out of the, you know, the knife that I bought at the mall with you. Remember that, Bob? I bought this cool black knife. It was like only 20 bucks or something like that. Yeah. It's been through hell and back. It's been through hell and back, <laughs> and it's still working. And it's not some, right. like, 300, $300, $400 spider co. you know. Huh. <laughs> I, do I like got an Ozark trail one sitting right here. It's been my best buddy for like five years, and I haven't had a problem one with it. Yeah, I think I spent like I nine bucks. Yeah, there you oh. go. There you go. I think it just depends See, on the, the pro- Ro- Rusty. The problem with getting a really expensive blade is like getting a pair of uh, of uh, really expensive sunglasses. 
If I right. had to stick somebody with it and lost it, I'd feel really bad if I lost a $400 blade. Yeah. Like like lo- yeah. losing a, a $300 pair of Ray-Ban sunglasses. Right. Yeah. If, I, if I lose yeah. a $20 blade, so what? I'll go buy another one tomorrow. Right. Yes. Well, but the Ray-Ban, right. Bob, the Ray-Bans as well, I mean, Ray-Bans, everything that goes into them and the UV protection is all of the highest craftsmanship, right? So it's it's just kind of, it just depends. I guess it just depends what you want as a buyer, you know? Do you want the, uh, exactly. Exactly. Hey, R- yeah. Rusty, we're, we're, of course, running low on time. We do have one more caller that's been waiting patiently. Patiently, yeah. Let's go ahead and take this. Let's take this. Area code 708708. You're on Dynamic Dojo Talk TV. Hey, Rusty. Hey, Bob. It's Steve. How are you? Hey, Steve. How you doing? Thanks for waiting, man. Too. Very good. Very good. It was an interesting conversation. Um, I was going to take it. I was going to take, take, take a step back and go back to the YouTube and video subject. Yeah, let's do it. Please do. Let's put it. Um, I was going to say that it's a blessing and a curse because, you know, I come mm-hmm. from a time when <laughs> there was not a lot of information or quali- quality instruction available right. if you wanted right. to do, as example, Jeet Kune Do or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And at the time, right. some of us only had Hensel Gracie's series that he put out with this guy, Greg Kukok. And sometimes there was only some very basic videos by Gurudan and Paul Vunak. That was all you could get out there. So at the time, if you – but for the students like myself that honestly went out to train at an Inasano seminar, you got the chance uh-huh. to actually do it. And, oh, look at that. I never saw that before. But mm. you actually went out and trained that style with those people. So back in, say, 91, 92, 93, that's, that's all we had. So at the time, it was right. a blessing because that's all you had. The hard yeah. part is, like you were saying, with people that wanted to use it to sell instruction and sell rank. Well, right. I'd like to think that it's the well-meaning student and the con artist instructor, because any high-level instructor, like you guys were commenting, knows that they're really not going to ever be that good if all they ever do is this video stuff. You need to be in there with people that know the art because there's feel behind it. Again, we can also say YouTube is a blessing. Why? Because, I mean, I can just take, like, the Kali Eskrima arts that I know. I don't know all of your guests online, but I know that, you know, yourself and Bob have a, a huge background in that. And if you or myself or Bob were to see something through YouTube, certain things do require a feel, but we have enough experience in the art. We can go, oh, wow. But we also are smart enough to know that if we don't go and get together with a workout partner and train it, all it was was, like, watching a cool move that you'll never, ever have a part of you. Right. So if you actually have a well-meaning partner, and here's the key, extensive experience in that particular martial art, you can maybe add a little bit something where maybe you can actually grow because, oh, here's a new technique I could use and train. But you have to go out there and actually put the time in. You know, for, yeah. for a lot of people that just watch the video but never get together with a partner, or are around a competent instructor. It's just like me watching Michael Jordan. I can't do right. anything that Michael Jordan can do, but yet I watched him play basketball for years. 
Because mm-hmm. it, it's not going right. to be a part of you unless you actually get out there and train it. The hard part exactly. is, at, at the same time, there could be the con man and the well-meaning student that says, I want this. Because people want, most people want to be a good martial artist, but it's like taking a pill for like in the Matrix. You can't just take the pill and suddenly have it. You have to put the time in. And there are also mm-hmm. people out there that just want to be, say, this is what I am. Or like when you were saying, I know Aikido. You don't know Aikido. You are Aikido. You don't know right. Dossier Paris. You are Dossier Paris. You know, uh, you don't, you don't, you don't know. You know, it's, it's what's really a part of you. Cause the name is in like Bruce even said, you know, don't carry the boat on your back. You are the martial art. It's really right. you and you have to be able to do it. It's what you're capable of. And no matter what you call it, you know, a rose by any other name is still just a wound. So I don't care what you call it. It's what you're capable of doing. So in a way, videos and stuff are a blessing, I think, because if if you have a background in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and then you see something really cool online and then you, you play it for your buddy and you put the reps in and then you actually score them while grappling live, you go, wow, I got it. That was cool. On the other hand, if you have no background in that martial art, just like in the beginning with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and myself, it was really difficult because you didn't understand the body connection and the leverage and and the weight distribution and stuff like that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the thing is, let's say you were, let's say, for instance, I lived in North Dakota and I wanted to do XYZ martial art. I can, mm-hmm. I now at least have the ability to use YouTube to go, oh, that looks cool. That's what I want to do. Or mm-hmm. that's not so much for me. And then if you had a friend that was also maybe into the same thing, if you maybe took the time and the expense because you were willing enough to travel to go and see a competent instruction in seminar, you get little bits. Then I go back to my remote town in North Dakota where I have no access to instruction, and I have my workout <laughs> partner, and we're determined to grow together. Well, then suddenly, all of a sudden, maybe YouTube could be a blessing because although learning is slow, 20 years from now is what you're really looking at. I'm not looking at, do I need to be good next week? Well, maybe that's not going to happen. But that's not going to happen in most martial arts. you know. Right. And so... It's a blessing and a curse. The really hard yeah. part is I'm not going to mention any particular names. I can speak of my own martial art, uh, or at least what I consider to be my core, which is the Jun Fan Jeet Kune Do martial arts. And there mm-hmm. are people, and I'm sure, Bob, we, we, we know the names probably, although we're not going to say them on the radio because there's no point in ever talking bad about somebody who just makes yourself look bad anyways. But there right, are people, right. even in my family, that actually you can go to them, pay X amount of dollars, train with them for, you know, 10 hours over a weekend, and you walk away as a certified instructor. And you don't have to have any background in the Jim San JKD martial arts at all. So it's really sad. And the hard part is, right. is the people that are fooling themselves walking away saying, after I trained for 20 or 10 or 20 hours, something exceptionally small that you actually are a competent instructor in anything. Because no matter what, right. you only studied 10 or 20 hours of, you're yeah. not a competent instructor, no matter what it is. I don't care if it's driving a car. If I'd never driven a car before and spent I got 10 hours of instruction, I'm a terrible car driver. 
If I exactly. had never played basketball before right. and I only got 10 hours of instruction, I'm a terrible basketball player. And that's, mm-hmm. that's going to be universal. So it's kind of like the student wants to lie to themselves to believe they are this. Because the hard part is people do want to say they are a martial arts instructor. The hard part is, is to face the fact that you have to put the time in. And yeah. whether I'm in that, in that isolated North Dakota area, well, maybe it's going to be slow progress. But how determined are you? How passionate are you? You know, and how mm-hmm. honest are you with yourself? And exactly. there's no substitution for instruction. Like, I might be able to teach myself calculus if I put the time in, but it'd be a whole hell of a lot easier just to go and take a class. Yeah. Well, you know, some people so, just... You know, it's funny that, that it's, it's great that you put it that way because you know I've met people that that un, under it all they know that they could just take a class. So let's just say a, a class is available in calculus. They know they should just take the class. But then if it's but what if God forbid what if the class introduces stuff that doesn't mesh what they already know or what they already believe to be true. Oh my gosh. You know, my calculus is well, not going to be, well, you know here's what I the mean? Part. I would say that what you believe to be true doesn't matter. If you're honest with yourself, it's what's really true that's important. And, exactly. and you have to be able to drop the ego, empty your cup, and face reality. And even, mm-hmm. you, know, uh, you know, aside from the, and, and I don't want to get into it now at all, but there's these crazy people out there that are flat earthers. I understand that, you know, Master Eddie Bravo, sorry, no offense, but that's retarded. And we know that, you know, but at one time people believed the earth was flat. Sometimes you got to go, oh my God, look at this. Exactly. It's it's actually different. So it's always better to ultimately find the truth and live in reality. Yeah. So if if you're honest with yourself, you should that light bulb moment where you go, oh my God, what I thought was true and what would work doesn't. Well, man, thank God that you were exposed to that, and that means all the time and expense that you went to learn that lesson. If that saves your butt one day, or saves a family member or a loved one because you're in a situation where you actually have to defend yourself or somebody you care about, that that lesson might be invaluable. Exactly. Now, speaking right. of reality, one of our listeners, John Lupo, he writes um, in the Facebook live feed, he says, videos can't teach you to take a punch. And in regards to the sword, I was just about John to say Lupo, that. Well, that's John exactly Lupo, it, though. But you have to have that honest workout partner. Where if you want to mm-hmm. learn how to box, well, then maybe uh, you have to go to a competent boxing instructor. And you might have to travel, whether it's Mayweather's gym or whoever. You're gonna, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna have to go and find like somebody an instructor. Opened, the, opened up the cellar and dropped the body. That's what it sounded. Yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> here's here's my question though to you. Uh, sure. If you're if you're saying that that you can be a competent person learning. Say okay, let's just say kata for right now, uh, and be, you know, and, and do the kata well. Well, no, I'm not saying you're, you are. It is. I'm just saying it could be a valuable tool if you have experience in the art already. 
then it's then then it's really nice. Okay, I understand now. You're saying you have experience in the martial art, and you were saying I believe it was you that was saying that you actually went to watch a video or something online to learn the form. Well, you already have so much experience that you can go, oh, I see what to do there. But what you see as somebody that has a background in the art is completely different from what someone sees that has no background in the art. And you will pick up details that somebody else will not see because you have experience. Right. That's what, well, so, that's where I was getting at because yeah, I know somebody who doesn't have experience won't know how to do the footwork or the handwork. You have experience, though, and you're trying to right. learn the or anything yeah. else, right? But, but I, I, will, I will put this to you. Let's say I was that person in North Dakota, and I was studying whatever – whatever because I don't know you personally. I'm just going to say whatever style it is that you were studying at that time for that form. If <laughs> I got half of it right, that means half of it wrong. But I also took the time to, let's say, travel to your school to get competent instruction. Instead of having to start from zero, you could now maybe make adjustments to me and put me closer to the right track. And I might have saved myself a lot of time because I have to return back to North Dakota. And, I'm, and I don't have right. meetings there. But at mm-hmm. least I show up going, you might go, oh, no, you have to do this, 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 or you have it wrong. But you know what? I showed up with half of it. Now, 50% is a failing grade. But if you can bring me up to, say, a 65, 70, I might be, I might be below average to at least passing by the it, time I leave you. If you just learn it from your teacher, though, if you just learned it instead of doing that, you would have much better technique. John, John, slow down. I don't have access to this lady. So I have to go home to North Dakota, and I want to learn her style. And she's helping me when I see her. But now I know what I've done wrong, and I still have that same video. So now I can go back and look at that same video yeah. in a completely whole other light because she's exactly. helping me with that. And then oh, the I thought we were talking about her, learning even if it's, techniques from videos. I thought that's what we were discussing. I, I certainly am. That's, you, are, you are exactly right. But I, and I might be getting a failing grade when I show up. But when I travel to her school and she – shows me what I'm doing wrong, she can say, oh, I see what you got, but this is where you're off. Now I leave that much okay. better, and I'm going to look at that same video in a different light now because I've, I've been taught where my mistakes were. And then the next time I show up, she can make further adjustments, but at least okay. it's going to help me learning because I'm determined, I'm passionate, but I'm in right. North Dakota, and I don't have access to her. Okay. Right. So, so my daughter really going to Skype with her speedo when I'm in India, bro. So, you know, you got to do what works. I got to cut in here because I've only got, got to cut in here. I'd like to put a part two on this because now we're actually getting into uh, more of the academic side of learning through YouTube and stuff like that. Sure. I really love what Steve and, uh, and Janie and John so I'd like to do a point, uh, part two of this. We'll see a month or something if you guys are willing. Uh, but right now, we talk to you getting 60 skins, and you get kicked out of here. <laughs> Rusty, you're breaking well, up a little bit. I don't know if you can hear me, but. I can see Yeah, it. you've been it's breaking. Talk you've been radio. going in and out all the show. Counting. Yeah, well, it's it's Blog Talk Radio. It's counting down. So we're going to have to end this right now because we've got like 30 skins left. I want to thank everyone that is on the show with us right now. Let's do a part two 
on this same yeah, yeah. subject, YouTube warriors and stuff yeah. like that. And let's do it. And um, I'll uh, get a hold of all of you guys when we do that again. Thank you guys oh, so much. Got right it. on. Yeah, that's nice to say when you come back. You. Have a good night. All right. Ten you too. Good night, We're everybody.